Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Our email address is church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. The um, phone number is 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. Let us hear from you. Good morning, everybody. I um I want to talk to you today about the family and the attack upon the family by the government. And if we don't wake up and do something about this, you know, it's just over with. Uh, uh, there's a discussion going on in the government, within the U.S. government right now, that says that they want to give the United Nations control, over, uh, more control over our children. They want the United Nations to decide what's best for the kids. You know what the United Nations is, right? Who don't know what it is? Okay. The United Nations is made up of a body of governments from around the world. And the United Nations, uh, in my opinion, they hate Americans. They hate the values of our country. And if, if I had control, they wouldn't even be in our country. You know, they're set up in our country, and we pay them to be here. And most of the people are godless people. I've spoken to the United Nations before, and they don't, they don't really like the United States order of life. They don't like what we are about, and especially, especially the order of the family. And now there's a, a I read the other day, there's a, a debate by uh, uh, Senator Barbara Bosser, Congresswoman. Is she a Congresswoman? Yeah. A Congresswoman, Barbara Bosser from California. Senator. Senator. Senator Bosser, where she wanted to give the United Nations more power over our children. And here's what she wants to happen. She wants the United Nations to decide that we should teach the kids sex education. Uh, young children, they should be absolutely taught that. They should be able to have an abortion whenever they want to. It shouldn't be up to the parents. It should be up to the kids to decide if they want to have an abortion or not. They also... They don't want the parents to have the right to discipline their children. The kids should be able to decide what type of disciplinary action they should get, if any at all. And if the parents were to discipline their children, then they want the kids to be able to report it, report it to the parents, to the government, some type of authority figure. They want the kids to go, so if you spank your kid, for not whatever reason, the kids can go to the government, to somebody in authority, and say that, um, is, is my thing on here? Yes, it's on. Is it on, Bill? Yeah. Okay. And say, because I didn't turn it on, I didn't know it was on. Uh, don't yell at me, boy. <laughs> and, and say that uh, my parent uh, whooped me the other night because I wouldn't do this or that. And they're going to be teaching the kids, if the same path, they're going to teach the kids these things in school, that here are the rules. If your parents goes against it, let me know. They also uh, they want to take control of uh, private schools and homeschooling as well so that the parents don't have authority over their kids. The, the government, will, by way of the United Nations, will have authority over the kids. Um, they, they don't want you to te- the parents to teach their children about religion. They want to pass a law that says that you can't teach your children about religion because you're imposing that upon them. So this debate is going on right now, and I don't hear an outcry about it at all. And I'm thinking maybe the people don't know about it. Maybe they don't know that it's going on. 
because it's just one thing after another. You know, one thing after another is happening right now. They're going from one thing to another one. But uh, uh, they also want, uh, they, they don't want, and according to what I read, they don't want the parent to have any say-so about the way that their children should be raised. So I'm thinking, why even be a parent? Why don't you just have them and dump them off at the local government office? Yeah, why not even bother? And what I need you to understand is that this is a spiritual attack. It, you know, I'm thinking when I and I heard Barbara Boss was talking about this on the news, and I'm thinking, what kind of person is that? You know, what what's this is an adult woman who want to turn the children over to the government and let them just be destroyed? How wicked can your heart be to want to do something like that? And I wonder, would she turn her children over to the government like that? If she had, I don't know if she has it or not. I think she has adult children. But uh, our government is uh, supporting this idea. It's not like they're fighting against it. And I don't know if all in government are fighting, uh, supporting it, but most are. And you see what have happened to the children as a result of the public school taking over. You now have boys as young as 13, you know, making babies, young girls having babies. Uh, the kids don't respect the parents. They're out of control. Uh, God is not mentioned in the public school system anymore. You know, it, it's just out of control. And they keep putting more money, more money, more money into it. And things are getting worse. I read a report the other day that they have put millions and millions of dollars into the public school system in this country. And the kids have gotten worse instead of getting better. They're less educated now than they were prior to putting the money into the school programs. And so if the United Nations should take over the kids, and uh, it's over. I mean, we would not, the parents would not have any say-so at all. There's nobody you can go to to stop it because you don't have any control. The law says that you cannot have control over your own children. And I just want to set out an alert to you that we got to really get busy. You know, every Friday on my radio show, we have what we call the Bible go-to guy, where we discuss, you know, the Bible, religious issues. And I'm listening at these Christians fighting over who religion is better than the other person's religion. You know, uh, they're fighting over whether Jesus is God or not. They're fighting over uh, uh, just dumb stuff. While the world is falling apart, you know, while our children are being the children are being taken away from the parent, and they're fighting over. I got an email from a, I received an email yesterday from a guy who said, "I can't believe you allowed the Bible go to God and say that Jesus is not God. We should not have this discussion. Why are we talking about this? And you are referring to me are responsible for it because you should not allow him to do that." And I'm thinking, if I'm a man of God and I think that I'm on the right track and somebody else may be off, they're thinking something else, why wouldn't we want to have a discussion about it? Why don't we love that person that may be on the wrong track enough to have an open dialogue? But Christians don't want to have honest and open dialogue. They want to be locked into what they believe and don't want to be challenged about it at all. And so this kind of fight is going on while the government is just coming in and taking over while we're fighting amongst each other. If you're truly born again, you would never fight about religion anyway. 
you know, you're presented to the person they want it, fine. If they don't, fine. It's not up for fight. It's, you know, it's not like, how are you going to fight over something that doesn't belong to you anyway? You know, how you had or not. But they're fighting over religion while um, the government is taking over. And then over and over and over and over again, I talk to, I meet and talk to weak men. Weak adult men who can't handle pressure. And it's, you know, they're afraid of their wives. They don't want to hurt their wives or they're afraid or she is constantly coming after uh, him to a point that he cave in after a while while the government is taking over the family. Um, wives who hate their husband for whatever reason. I was at a birthday breakfast yesterday and a bunch of people were there. So we all sitting, sitting at this big table and uh, having breakfast and a couple brought up this subject about church and, you know, and they got into, they started talking about the stuff that they were going through and that their church is not able to help them even though they go every Sunday, they read the Bible, they're not getting any help. And I said to the guy, I said, well, you know, you're the problem, sir. And at the moment I said, you're the problem, you just feel the tense in the room. People start getting up, running from the table. <laughs> the person's wife said, yeah, I knew that what Jesse was going to say. You know, I mean, it just, it just, they, and I realize people are so, they're so weak natured now that they can't handle any truth at all about themselves. And it just hurts to hear that truth, makes you want to run. But I, you know, I got into the conversation with the, this couple and I told the guy, without him telling me, I said, you know, you're the problem. Your wife hates you because you're weak. She hates men and you hate women. You can't, talk, you can't deal with your mama. Now, now your wife is your mama. And right away they started to light on like, yeah, that's true. And he's like, how do you know that about me? I said, I see your mama in you. The fact that you can't really deal is it means that you're not a real man. You're a female. You're not a man. You're a female. And come to find out, he hated his mama. He had been adopted by his mother. And even though they made sure he got a good education, he's really doing well financially, he can't stand up and deal with women. He can't stand up and deal with life or any pressure that comes. But fortunately, both this, the husband and the wife, they really want it. So they really laid out their heart, and we had a really good conversation. But most people ran from the table. The women were getting mad because they didn't want to hear their flaws, and the men didn't know how to handle it if they heard it. So, the, you know, but the, the one that wanted to hear it, they heard it and received it. And I say that to say we got to stop arguing over religion. We got to have a, an honest dialogue about it. We're going to always, you're going to have people who agree and disagree about Jesus being God or which religion is better. I had a guy, a friend, call me up on my show and said that the Mormons, they may be living well, have tight family, doing well, but they're not going to heaven because their religion is wrong. And I didn't know what to do with this guy. But he's a friend. And I'm thinking to myself, is religion that important or is it the spirit? You know, is it about religion or is it about the spirit? And I think that's why we're not supposed to give each other Baptists and Christians and all that kind of stuff because you start fighting right away about whose religion is better. But we're fighting about that while the, the American government along with the United Nations are setting up laws to take, out, to take the children away. And if they can brainwash and dumb down and demoralize the children, you're not going to have control over them. And just imagine what this country would become. 
they're already trying to turn it into a socialist society. If the kids are already brought up to act and believe in that way, it should just happen. There's nothing there to stop it. Um, I think about how white Americans, they, they talk about the Lord and they believe in God, yet they're afraid to be honest with their black brothers and sisters for fear of being called a racist. You know, how can you say you love the Lord and you have fear of telling your brothers, you know, your other fellow mankind the truth about what is right? You can't love God to do that. Black Americans say that they believe in God. Everybody and their mama go to church, yet they hate their white brothers and sisters. And all this is going on while the government is stealing the children. And the reason it's happened because we don't have that power that is in us. It's not working. Because most people have not connected with the source that give us the power. Uh, uh, women are taking over the churches. I mean, absolutely. Just the, the ideas of the world is, uh, are not supposed to be the ideas of the men and women of God. If the world say women are better than men, then we say no, it's not a, a, a point of being better. What is the order of God? Then, so that we can set the example for the world. But the churches are acting just like the secular world. They want to bring women up to a certain standard, so the churches are doing it too. And it's not going to work. We, we operate in order. The world operates out of order. And so in, in our state of order, we become a light to them, and those who seek after the Father... By our example, we'll find him. But if we'll act and like the world and say that it's okay, then what's going to stop the government? Because we're fighting and acting like the world. Men are pathetic. They, they don't, I, and I blame the men because of the order of God. I read a report that says uh, uh, most of the people who are being laid off from jobs today, 82% of them are men. Men are losing their jobs. Can you imagine that? There's no way I would be married and unless an emergency happens, something that beyond my control. I stay home while my wife go to work. I become a house house husband. A house what? House husband. Oh, house husband. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. All that crap while my wife go to work and think that and I'm on the news thinking that it's cute. But all these things are it's like they're dumbing us down. They're causing us to fight one another while they're ushered in the ideas of evil. Attack that family, corrupt the minds of the children, then you can do whatever you want. Can you imagine not having any say-so over the lives, and then over the lives of your children? And because we're so busy fighting one another, one day you'll wake up and realize, hey, they're taking my children away from me. When did this happen? When did did they create a law that says that I can't correct my kids? Where was I when that happened? You were fighting one another. You're fighting with your spouse. You're fighting with the Christians. You're fighting with whomever you fight with. Why, we, people don't see what is happening to them. And that's amazing to me. Like, I, I woke up the other day and realized that we have a socialist government running out of life. What was I when this happened? You know, how come I didn't, and I saw it coming, but it looked like I forgot that it was coming or something. And all of a sudden, this happened. The United Nations take over your kids. It's done. We become a third world country. And God said that it's better to uh, tie a stone around your neck and throw yourself into a lake of fire than to mess with the kids. And that's what they're doing, messing with the kids. They want to take over the private schools, the homeschooling. 
They've already taken over the public schools because they want your children, and that's evil. God said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and wickedness in high places. We have a spiritual warfare on our hands that is out of control right now while we fight one another, while we disagree over religion. They're going to pass a law that you can't even talk about religion to your children. You already can't mention it in the public school system at all. Now you won't be able to mention it in your home. And our government is allowing it to happen because they want power too. They don't care about us. They want power. They want your money. They want your job. They want your life. They want your children. And so we got to wake up. This is a wake-up call. And this little stuff that we're dealing with in our personal lives every day is nothing. It's nothing compared to things to come if we don't wake up. I used to think, you know, God said that one day we're going to have to hide behind a rock. Anybody buy their rock yet? I have a nice rock that I purchased the other day. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where I put it because I need to hide behind it. Because I don't see men and women of God becoming real men. I see weak men. And see, there's an order, God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman and woman over children. And that order is constantly being broken away. And they're just going after it and going after it and going after it and going after it. Until it just won't be there anymore. And it's interesting how God keeps warning us, and that's all he does. He doesn't make us wake up to it. He doesn't make us get involved. He doesn't make us stop arguing with one another. He just say, hey, this is, you know, your, by way of your consciousness, he say, this is wrong. You need to cut it out. But if you continue to do it, that's fine. I'll let you go and do it and let you suffer. You can do the same things over and over and over again and just suffer. And it's amazing how people don't learn from their mistakes, how they continue to do the same thing over and over again. Over and over again. You say, why are you doing this? It sounds better, and this time it may work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I have some friends in, in, into that, uh, what do you call that stuff? Multi-marketing thing? You ever heard of that? Yeah, marketing. Multi-marketing? Multi-level. Multi-what? Level. Multi-level marketing. Multi-level level marketing and as a young person I used to I was caught up in that stuff too in my early 20s because someone would come along and they, they, they would hold up these what looked like a chat they get you at these meetings they really pump you up you chat yeah it's like a, you find a new religion right and, and they convince you that you can make this chat too and when I was young you know, I wanted the money so I wanted fast money and, I feel, and so I got into the multi-level marketing, thinking that I, and I tried Empress Pearls. You ever heard of that? Who heard of that? Empress Pearl. Anybody heard of that? That's where you, this company used to be in Hollywood, and you get folks to buy this jewelry stuff. And if they buy it, then you get some money back. That didn't work. You know, you, what you do, you go around and ask all your little friends to sign up, and they too weak to say no. So they sign up, and, and after that, they go sit down, and it, don't go, it doesn't go any farther, right? So, and then I tried um, insurance, all kind of stuff. When I was a younger person, I soon realized this stuff doesn't work. The only people who get it rich are the ones, I guess, who found the company. And I never did find out who that was. And, uh, and I'm thinking, this is a waste of time. And then you go through all this problem, this problem switching your life around. 
You know, you change everything to go with this stuff, and then it doesn't work. Now you got to go back, pay extra money to get back on track again. So I'm telling you, if you why you keep doing it, it's not going to work. Why not go with the talent that God has given you and let that work? That works better. And, and whenever you get on track, you're going to always have distractions coming in. I can see young people kind of dumb and making stupid mistakes, but at some point we're supposed to mature. We are supposed to get better. Am I wrong about that? I mean, because I don't hear anybody saying this about this stuff but me, right? But I, I say, when they call me, I get a lot of people calling me from around the country about multi-level marketing. And what do I tell you to tell them, Pat? No, thanks, but no thanks. That's right. I don't even play with them about it. I'm like, I hate it. Don't bother me with it. It doesn't work. I'm sick of it. Because I've learned. <laughs> the better way to do life is to seek first the kingdom of God in his right way. And everything will be added. Because once you get on that straight and narrow path, then he's going to bring different opportunities to you, but they fall in place naturally. You don't, you don't need someone to pump you up and make you feel like you're going to make it. Don't get that excited about a dollar bill anyway. It's not about jumping up and down over a dollar bill. You can only serve one master. You can't serve two. And if somebody can make you all excited over a dollar bill, they control you. Then that's your God. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. It made sense then when I was dumb. But it doesn't make sense that I allow someone to take me to a meeting and they pump me up and I'm shouting in there about <coughs> the possibility of making a dollar bill. I, I should be shouting about the possibility of entering into the kingdom of heaven on earth and living this life the way God wants us to live it. Because he'll take care of us. Now, if you like multi-marketing and stuff, I don't want to, I want you to keep going at it until you find out it's not going to work. But you can save yourself a lot of time. And not just with that, with all this stuff that comes along, all these new ideas that come in. They have to pump you up to get you caught up, and then that becomes your God. And you waste a whole life and a whole time and a lot of money. So we got to get on track. We got to see what the world is doing, this battle between the world and men and women of God, there is a true battle going on. And what's so sad about this whole deal is that in this country, every day we're turning over our life to the government. We're like literally sitting back, sitting back and allowing the government to take over. This state, for an example, I was told that it's going bankrupt. It's like we're on the verge of bankruptcy. Isn't that amazing? And I'm thinking, how did the ones that work for us take all of our money did whatever it is they want to, you know, pay for all these different programs, and now we're going broke. And I still don't see thousands of people rallying in the streets. Uh, they, they're saying now, well, we're going to tax you even more so. You have to pay for taxes, I mean, pay extra taxes on everything even more so and take your money. We used to rally. How come thousands of people are not marching in the street like the homosexuals did about the gay marriage issue? But we are so quiet, we're fighting over who religion is better, which God we serve, you know, whether a woman should be a preacher or not. We're fighting about dumb stuff while the world is taking over influence. We got to wake up, folks. They got your children. It's over. Because you steal the innocence of kids at, at a young age. You see how rough it is for most of us to overcome. And you would not be able to tell your kids anything. It's really time to wake up. God said that... Um, you, say, you can't serve two masters. You either love one or, and hate the other. 
Now, either you're going to love good or you're going to love evil. You got to make up your mind. Which way? If you are afraid of your wife or your husband, then you love evil. If you're afraid to stand up to the government, then you love evil. If you're afraid to stand up to the people who are trying to take your children away from you, then you love evil. If you're afraid of pressure that comes when situations come, you love evil. Because you can't love good and feel that way. And then you have to be careful not to just learn religion. People learn religion and just quote this dumb stuff back to you. Every situation requires the same answer because that's all they know. Um, a Christian was telling me the other day that they had called up, she had called up some friend of hers, she was saying, you know, uh, we have some issues we need to work out, blah, 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 and the, and the Christian said, you're overreacting. And they're like, how am I overreacting if I'm coming to you? God said, go to your brother if you have a problem. And I come to you with a problem, and you say I'm overreacting? That's dumb. Oh, do I just think that it's dumb? We've got to wake up. There's a kingdom of heaven inside of us, and there are no set answers. You can't learn it. You have to live it. Do you understand that? You have to live it. You learn it by living it. And then God gives you the word and the actions to take when it's time for it. And one thing that applied to one situation may not apply to the next situation. But if you're trying to learn it, then you're not going to get it right. It's time to wake up. It's really time. This is no joke. Now, it's nothing to be freaking out about, but it's not a joke. Uh, The secular world, the evil aspect of society, is serious about what they're doing. They're very serious about it. They're not playing around. Now, they'll, they'll deceive you and act like your friend while they're taking your children, but they're serious about what they're doing. And this battle is a spiritual battle. The devil owns the world, and he's controlling his children, while the cowardly Christians are arguing with one another. They won't protest. They say, oh, let's pray. What the world are you praying for if you're not going to get up and do anything? Why are, you praying, uh, why are you praying if you don't want to take on challenges? Don't pray. Just lead in and die. It's time to wake up. It really, really, and especially for men. Men are so tender-hearted and emotionally soft, I don't even know why they would want to be a man. Everybody just should put on a dress. <laughs> and we just have all women walking around. Because that's all it is. And when men put their wives before God, then they love their wife over God. They don't love God. They're serving their wives or their gods. When you're afraid to tell your wife the truth, when you're afraid to be honest, let her go through her emotions, but don't overreact. Let her deal with it. That's what love is. But a lot of men are afraid, and they're only afraid because they can't handle her, the hell that's in her, and they're afraid of not having sex with her. That's what it's all about. It's not about love. It's not about the authority of the man. It's about losing something. White people tell me all the time, well, if I stand up to black people, I'll be called an Uncle Tom and I may lose something. What's more important, your spirit or the job you may lose or whatever? God will take care of his own. He loves his own and he'll take care of you. He really, really will. You don't have to worry. And I'm a witness to that. I haven't missed a meal yet. And I've been called every name in the book and then some. And I've lost some things that I didn't get. And that's fine. I don't feel like I missed anything. I love what's right the most. 
They're going after your children, and they're getting them. There are no such, there's no such thing as competition anymore. Everybody's a winner. Can you imagine growing up thinking that everybody's a winner? You're in for a shock. <clears throat> because one thing about life, everybody is not a winner. Even if they teach the kids that when they become adult, within themselves, they're still going to compete. They're not going to be able to help themselves. So we need to take control of this stuff, folks. The government is not our friend. I don't care what color it is. It's not our friend. It's not the friend of God. It's not the friend of the family. And that's just the truth. I'm sorry. Any questions? I saw some hands a while back. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I, I see it um, comes down to this, this, these philosophies. Um, the, the bad guys, the ones who don't love God, they also say that, that they're out of control, you know, they can't help themselves and that kind of thing. And yet, the way they solve that is they give all their responsibilities to a higher authority, you know, and not one they can't see, but one they can see, government. Yeah. So they don't want to really take responsibility for their children yeah. because they, they fear if they mess them up, the, then the blame is going to be on them and they can't handle, you know, that kind of thing. And so they, they give the responsibility to a higher earthly authority. Yeah. You know, a good example of that, and I like using the black community as an example because it's, just, it's apparent. Over 50 years ago, they gave their power over to leadership, over to authority. The government became the daddy, the preachers and the politicians became the leader, and now they don't, they don't trust themselves anymore. They don't know how to go through things and have control of life. The father's not there to teach them. The men don't know how to do it. They don't even trust their own themselves at all. They'll kill you if you try to take their leaders away from them. That's abnormal. I mean, it's normal in the world of darkness, but it's abnormal in the light to let somebody else just control you like that. And these people don't care about you. You should never let someone just, you should do, listen to people. I'm not saying that, but. We're supposed to teach our children to become independent people, guided by what is right, not some preacher or politician or anyone else. But if you allow something and someone else to control you, you how are you going to teach someone else to do it? It's time to wake up. It really is. We're losing it fast, going downhill fast. Yes, Rob? Yeah, there's one thing I also noticed about the regression of our societies we put before we see our very eyes is because we've been like really spoiled of all the things that we have and stuff. I mean, we never have to look off after ourselves. We always are complacent. You know what I'm saying? We're not because our parents back, you know, in my generation and stuff, we were, I mean, my generation, we were exposed to challenges and stuff. You know? Yeah. And that yeah. caused us to be more self-sufficient. But unfortunately, when I see on other Genera- newer generations right now before I see, I see teenagers and stuff they're not exposed to challenges at all Yeah, they don't. So sad it's, so, it's set up now, you know how you're supposed to have that quiet time so you can seek God it's set up now where young people don't it, there's so much distraction there you don't have time for the quiet time you, I mean you wake up playing the videos that, you know, you lay down playing videos you know, so it's set up that way, and it's interesting this stuff that they're I'm sorry <coughs> Yeah, that's out of control. I mean, you could be talking to your kids and they're doing this. Won't even look up at you. Just into this thing. And parents won't stop their kids from doing it. 
You know, you have to take control of your kid. You got to teach them to have some quiet time, communication time. You should allow them to get in the car with you, and the first thing they do is zone out into text messaging, whatever they be playing those games. They, but the parents allow parents are allowing it. I think the reason they're allowing it because they don't want to talk to their kids anyway. <laughs> um, um, my grandson went with me yesterday to this breakfast, and he and I had a, a just a nice talk driving down to Orange County. He wasn't on any game, and he had a lot of questions and looking out the window, want to know why everything is happening. And it was a nice fellowship together. And he had the best time of his life. He said at the end, you know, Grandpa, I didn't want to go at first because I thought it was going to be boring and I thought it would just be nothing, but I had a real good time. And he was able to relax and communicate, nobody yelling at him, and, you know, and he had the best time. And that's what kids need. They need that quiet time. They need that parent time. They need to ask questions, not caught up in some kind of games. And as soon as one game run out, turn old, the parents just run out and buy another one. They don't even make the kids earn it. They just run out and buy it. Still in the souls of the kids. And God just let you do it. Isn't that somehow God is about that? What kind of God will let you just go through that, huh? <laughs> Where's the love? I hear that. That's right. Love is letting. And I hear that a lot. What kind of God will let you suffer? God will let you suffer because he's already laid it out for you to overcome it. And it's up to you to accept it. And you have no one to blame but yourself. But it's really it's time for men to wake up and become men. It is time to start thinking straight. Righteous thoughts. And I don't mean like putting the scripture in your head and quoting Bible verses in your head. Clear thought, clear thinking. People don't have clear thinking right now. Clear thought is not happening. And they are, the worst thing is a weak. When I, every time I think about men today, so tender and soft. Any little pressure come on, they're like, it's ridiculous. How did this happen to a man? Even without picking cotton, we weren't like that. Yes, you are. I was home from work last Sunday, and um, I had the TV on, and the show came on, and they had a man introducing men underwear, not girdles, but myrtles, because they were it's for men, T-shirts that make their breasts go down, uh, girdle, <laughs> girdles that make their stomach go in, wow. and they had padded. The behind part was padded in case they had a flat butt. <laughs> <laughs> so they're marketing this underwear. The same underwear that they market to women, they market it to men now. Well, that must have been made for white men. See? Now, black men are having surgery to reduce the butt. <laughs> but yeah, women are. Women, Along with the government and weak men, they're turning men into women. You're after degrading masculinity, taking away the power of God. That's what's happening. And unfortunately, the men are falling for it. Men are going to buy those things. And they're going to be proud of it. And they're going to go on Jerry Spring and take off their clothes and show you that they have it on. That's what men are going to do. There was a... Uh, 
a rapper, what's the name of the rapper that supposedly beat up his girlfriend or whatever? Chris Brown. Singer. A singer? What is his name? Chris Brown. Chris Brown was accused of beating up his girlfriend. She is a singer too. Yeah. And most people take him for granted that what happened, that for no reason this guy just jumped on this woman, right? You know, just ran in the car and all of a sudden decided to hit her. <laughs> and so I saw this debate on CNN with these women, and, and, and one woman was saying, you know what, we can't judge Chris Brown. We didn't see the situation. She could have done something to bring, you know, to him. Maybe he would defending himself. How do we know what was going on? And, and the two ladies and the reporter said, well, it doesn't matter what she was doing to him. She could have been beating him. She could have been doing anything. He doesn't have a right to hit him back, hit her back. And, and, and they're like, yeah, that's true. I'm thinking, I wish that had happened to me. <laughs> and I'm not encouraging you guys to do it because you, you may not be strong enough to handle the result. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's wrong to hit a person, whether it's male, uh, if it's wrong to hit a female, why is it wrong to hit a male? He has feelings. He, uh, his ego is involved too. Why, why, why is the law one-sided like that, that you can be attacked by a woman and you cannot defend yourself? And I want to say to the lady, don't try that on me. Because I'll go to jail. I really would. I'm not going to just let anybody just hit me. And I would not just hit anyone for any reason. You know, just for whatever reason. And I would never allow my wife to bring me to a point where I would attack her physically. But she's not going to attack me. I'm telling you in advance, you're not going to attack me and think I'm not going to defend myself. That is wrong both ways. But society has accepted that it's wrong one way and right the other way. Am I the only one seeing that? No. What do you think about that, Stephanie? I was thinking, like, they have all kinds of, you know, laws like that where women want to be equal and then something like this come along and they want to be not equal. That's right. If she's going to be equal to a man, then she's going to have to stand up and be a man. <laughs> oh, oh man. That's right. How is she going to be able to hit me, but I can't hit back? If another man hit me, I can knock him out. And the men are accepting this law. I don't see a protest against this type of law. Abuse is wrong, no matter where, which way it's coming or going. But the men are accepting it. And they are, there has to be something in the man, an unspoken word, that says, you better not hit me. My grandmother would have never thought of it. I can't even imagine my grandmother thinking of hitting my granddad. And I'm sure she wanted to. But there was a power in him that said, you hit me, it's over. <laughs> a man has a natural unspoken power, you know, and it comes from the love of God. I'm not talking about fake macho kind of stuff. But men used to, women knew not to hit a man. Remember that, Delos? Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> they knew not to hit a man. But men are so weak now, you want to hit them, I think. <laughs> and just think of this law that's out there like that, and those angry women who are out of control. They're just beating the men and calling the police and claiming that he hit her. This is evil at work, degrading masculinity, putting out the light of God. That's all going on with this stuff. We got to recognize this is a spiritual battle that we're dealing with. <coughs> yes, sir. 
I wanted to comment about your, you were talking about uh, sex education. And uh, I, I really, uh, you know, when I was in school, it, it, was, it really has the effect of, it's kind of like uh, kids don't have that much interest in that, but when they present it at such an early age, yeah. it's almost like light pornography. You know, it's not quite pornography. But it's it, wrong. Yeah, it, 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 it like uh, brings up stuff that, they, that doesn't need to be brought up. And I think that the, you know, the establishment that, that propagates that, they, they aren't necessarily you know, thinking that that's going to do that. They've bought into it too, but yeah. it's really <laughs> wicked. It's really, it has but I, don't un I do understand, I'm just pretending I don't, I don't understand the mindset of a male or female adult who are willing to deliberately teach innocent children stuff like that. You know, I don't know what happens to your soul when you go out and promote that and want to teach it to the children. And for what? You know what I'm saying? Why do they need to know that? Why, the first thought is, why do they need to know that at such an early age anyway? That's such a, yeah, the, the pornography thing has gotten so big and it's so... And that's why. It's so degrading to men and it, that really weakens men. I mean, if it anything does. is going to rob your manhood, it's yeah. that. But now it's going to rob the womanhood of young girls as they're growing yeah. up. Because they are going to become addicted to it at such an early age. Introduced, and the spirits are being traumatized at such an early age. And you see how rough it is to overcome that. Once your spirit is traumatized, it's hard to come back to the light. It's hard to sit still and allow God to take over. But while we're fighting over religion, while we're fighting over men and women issues, husband and wives are fighting, this is happening. It's happening. And you're going to look around one day, you're not going to have control of your own kids. And you're not going to remember voting that away. How did this happen? That's what you've got to say. They're going to haul you off to jail and haul your kids off to some type of social service program to live in. And it's over. Yes, sir? You asked them how you can teach kids this, this kind of education. Well, they all have an idea of how they want the what the end goal is, how they want society to end up. And they all go to the same school, so like this issue with the man and woman, the roles of the uh, uh, the gender roles. Yes. Well, they want these kids, they want to indoctrinate these kids at an early age. And so ultimately, they have a goal of where they want these kids to end up, and they have to start start young. So yep. in their mind, they're making these kids better, you know? and making society better. And I don't believe that in their mind they think that because most of the people who are encouraging this type of stuff, their kids are not involved in it. They offer some private, high expensive private schools. They have a father and a mother in the home. Now the mother may be running the home, but at least their kids are not going through it. It's your kids that they want to put through it. Experiment with, corrupt. They're not doing it to their kids. They're living how on the hog, both parents in the home, great jobs. It's your kids that you're sacrificing. They got you fighting over religion. They're not doing it. Most of their, I mean, read any reports. Most of the public school teachers' children are not at those schools. Uh, Barack Obama's <coughs> daughters are not in those schools. Bill Clinton's daughter did not go to those schools. It's your kids that they're doing it to. And that's what blows. It's like, it's like we're the poor peasants who can't think for themselves, can't raise their children. They got to tell you what type of job to have, how much money to make, 
How much you can spend while they're living high on the hall, spending your money, flying around in jets and having a good time. And you're fighting over religion. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard, but they had a little expose on TV uh, uh, right after 2020, and it was about sex in the suburbs and how they are now actually going in and taking a lot of these, you know, higher-income girls and prostituting them, and it was very, very And I said 19 years ago that that was going to happen. I said Mm -hmm. that the attack now is on the white man. Right. They call him a racist. I mean, they say he hates blacks, he hates women. He want to control everything because they want to turn the white father away from his children, the family, so they can go in and do that. Yeah. Corrupt the children. Remove that father because you can't do it if the father's over the family. You can't go in and corrupt the family if the father does. If it's just a woman and children, you can do it. Because women kind of emotional, they tend to go along with stuff. Oh, we want to give your, your, your kids fascination shots every year so that they don't get a cold. The father said, no, that's not going to happen. We'll take care of our kids. But you remove that father, they're coming to talk to the mother. If you notice, most salespeople, they go to the woman first. They're, because they can say, you know what, your kid, you know, other kids have colds and whatever. And we don't want your child to get it. Vaccination is good. Deal with that emotion. The mother says, oh, yeah, maybe so. And you turn the kids over to them. That's why they got to remove the father, weaken him, or take him out of the picture, because it's easier to seduce the women. It's not, the power is not in the nature of the woman, it's in the nature of the man. And blame God for that, I didn't do it. But that's just reality. And women are supposed to rely on the authority of her husband. The man is supposed to protect his wife and children spiritually and financially, but spiritually first. But most men are house husbands. That's what it is, house husband? Mm-hmm. Are you a house husband? <laughs> Talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even married. Oh, you wish you were a house husband? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, baby. Oh, uh, you know, I used to think that the, you know, the socialism in America, like, was kind of an extreme thing. Like, I never really quite, I don't know. I mean, I see some aspects of welfare that are socialism, but I realized the other day, wait a minute, the public school system, that is socialism. <coughs> yes. They've taken over a whole segment of educating kids and uh, the forming of our country, there was no public school system. Right, that's and, right. And it, it wasn't needed because the church did it and donations did it, and that's the way we grew our country. When I was and going now, to, yeah. to, to uh, school, and I just thought of this the other day when we were doing the radio show, that the government did not sponsor our school. It was sponsored by people who were donating to our school. And I didn't realize that until later that the government was not, it was all black school, but the government was not involved. And I remember that the people who donated to the school, books and money and stuff, they would come sometime once a year, and we would go in and, you know, to the auditorium and meet them and you know, talk to them and stuff like that. But the government was not involved in our schools when I was growing up. It just, after you know, in the last 50 years or so, it started to happen. But you're right, it was not by government. And that's why the teachers had authority, principals had authority, parents were involved. Because the government didn't, you know, we had prayer in school. We had to say prayer every morning before we start class. Anybody else had to do that? We had to say prayer. Uh, I, I remember that. And religion. 
And now, yeah, the Pledge of Allegiance, we had to go out there and pull the flag. I couldn't wait until I became old enough to go to the flagpole and do the flag thing. Because and I, I realize now the government wasn't involved to tell us that we can't have God. But I, Christians should see this. It is socialism, but they should see that it's a spiritual warfare going on. Because that, in reality, that's what it is. But when you name it something else, it doesn't seem so bad. But if you can see it's a battle between good and evil, and you, you have a spiritual mind and spiritual reality to that, you would see what's going on and how important that we get involved. But they say, oh, just it's socialism. It's sex ed. They don't call it spiritual traumatizing kids, right? <laughs> it's sex ed. So it sounds like, oh, maybe, okay, you're educating kids and all that. It's evil. It's a battle between good and evil. It's a spiritual battle. And you need to be born again so you can realize it and not forget that that's what's going on. I called my friend up yesterday when I got back from this party. And I said, why did everybody run from the table when we started a discussion? He's like, they're afraid of you. I'm like, why are they afraid? He said, everybody's afraid of you. I'm afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not me that they're afraid of. It's just the truth that, that, that hatred in their hearts are afraid of. Really, not me. If you're not ready for truth, you get mad at anyone who tells you the truth. You run away from that person. You don't want to hear it. And you think it's you, but it's this thing inside of you that's overreacting to it. I'm telling you the truth. That's why you've got to be born again. I saw a hand just now. I forgot who else. Yes, ma'am. I, I want to say something about endurance. Yes. I'm I, glad you do. It came to me last week. Uh, how could you endure if you're not born again? Very good question. Don't want to answer that. And Ernest is getting him for me. In the meantime, Rhonda <laughs> want to answer. Um, <laughs> that's a, isn't that like a perfect that's question? Cherie, yeah. isn't that a perfect question? Uh, you didn't hear the question? Uh-uh. Where were you? <laughs> Am I drifted off into the future? Restate your question. How could you endure if you're not reborn again? Isn't that a good question? No. I'm only one that's excited about it, right? Yeah. Because I love it. Jay, you want to tell her? No, I want to know too. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's like, no, I want to know too. Did your brother like the meeting last week? Yeah. What did he say? What did he, what did he really say once he got in the car? <laughs> He didn't really say it. He didn't like it though? He kind of liked it, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Cherie is just chewing gum. Do you know you're never supposed to chew gum in the public? It makes you look like a cow. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them sitting over there like they're from South Central. They're drawing all that in. Don't look like a cow chewing a. a Oh, you do that in Orange County too? Yeah. That's why those white people didn't want y'all moving down there. Sit up there like two cows. <laughs> like they rule the world. <laughs> Never chew gum in public. 
All right. You appreciate that information? That's been given to me already. Really? And you didn't believe it? I just didn't care. Didn't, yeah. Didn't care. Did she say My didn't grandmother care? always told she told us not really to chew gum at all. Not at all. You can chew it in the privacy of your home okay. or in your car, but once you jump out of that car, the gum should jump out oh, of your mouth. Okay, I get it. My my uh my speaking of gum. <laughs> this is so true, I'm not making it up. If we went to church and we had gum in our mouth, my grandma would literally come and hit us on the head and make her take it out of our mouth and put it behind the ears. <laughs> She's like, get rid of it, put it away, and we'll stick it behind the ears. You ever done that? Right on, Richard. See, we had good upbringing. <laughs> she would make her slap us aside the head right in front of everybody and make us take it out. And you have no way to put it, so you put it right back here. You ever done that, Dylan? I remember people putting gum behind their ears to save it. Yeah, you save it that way, too. Anybody ever save gum behind your ear? It's the best place for it. Until you get oily. That way, when, it, when you put it back in your mouth, it's gritty and oily. I can't, what kind of lies you people have had? You haven't put gum, honestly, I know you haven't put it. See that? <laughs> you save it back there. So if you want to save your gum, ladies, oh, no, you can put it back here. <laughs> <laughs> Marty said, that's beyond country. <laughs> you ever done that, Patrick? No. You should. You want to be black. That's the next best thing. <laughs> I got close enough Don't you want to know how to save your gum? No. I want to know how to endure. Uh, that is enduring, sister. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, back to the endurance. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, I, was, I was thinking that to, to endure helps you to see, uh, to become born again. Because there are things going on in in, your, in my life that I, I think that if I can't see how to overcome it, I can't seem to relax enough to be born Good again. point. Very good point. Make sure you turn your phones off, too. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, I don't have mine. Doug want to add to that. She wanted to know, what were your questions? I'm going to be 60 soon. I'm already. Something if you, I mean, how could you endure if you have not been reborn again. Right. To endure is one of the requirements to becoming born again. You have to endure, you have to go through whatever hell it is you're in with some sort of uh, gratefulness in order to come to that point. And in your endurance, what I learned last night, in your endurance is that uh, in that moment that you have to endure is when you can be Become born again. That is deep. I sort of thought that, but yes, I wasn't yes. sure if yeah. that was one of the steps. When you realize that of yourself you could do nothing, mm -hmm. and these things come, and instead of whimping and whining and running away from them, mm -hmm. but be still and take it, right. that's when you can be born again. Right. Absolutely. 
And then the type of endurance, once you're born again, is different from that prior to being born again. Because when you're not born again, you have the, the weight of the world upon you. you can't, you're too weak to resist anything. You think you can save yourself. So you're suffering hell in order to get into heaven. But when you're born again, you're not, you don't suffer like that anymore. You're suffering, suffering the, uh, or enduring the uh, pers persecution of the world. You know, people coming at you and trying to bring problems, but you're able to resist it then. The devil come to you and talk to you and try to get you involved and stuff, but you become lightweight after a while. But if you want to be born again, you've got to endure the pain. Whatever your issue is, you've got to take it. And then in that moment, you'll cry out to God and he shall save you. But if you think you're your own God, by running away from your problem, getting mad at someone because they're awakening this stuff inside of you, taking it personal when you have a tough time, if you uh, run away from those things, become angry about them, accuse someone else of it, then you're playing your own God. And you never, you never will be saved. <coughs> because you're constantly saving yourself for the next, next moment until the next thing come along. But you've got to take it. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. You're going to feel helpless to it. If, you know, it wears you down, but that's fine. Because you'll come alive from that. You shall die, and then you shall live. But that's how you got to take it. I have had two of those enduring yes. things at work. And I spoke up. I never used to speak up to people. Yes. But I spoke up to them. I used to speak up to them sometimes with, I was angry. I spoke up. And I was just calm, like how I'm talking to you right now. Yes, ma'am. And, and they reacted. Yes, ma'am. You know, and, and, and I felt at peace. That's right. That's what salvation feels like, at peace. So now they're coming up to me and trying to be real nice, and yeah. real me. And I, I talk to them. I, I answer the That's questions, right. but I stay my distance. Stay your center. Mm -hmm. Don't be poor either way. Because now the devil is trying to get them to seduce you from that. Right. Bring you back to where you came from. Right. But you got to do it. You got to take the pain. And most people, even in this room, as I look around, I know people right here today are going to walk out and get mad at the first challenge. Their first thought is to get angry. It's not to be still. It's mind-blowing. And you tell them, next time something come along, take it. Don't lash out. Don't blame that person. Be still and take it so you can cry. Even if you don't cry out with words, your spirit will cry out to God when you're enduring it, when you're taking it. Because the Holy Spirit will help you out. Your spirit will cry out to God if you can't find the words to say, come and help me. He, it'll happen. But most people run away from it because they're running away from it. Their mind starts talking to them. I had a... Um, Uh, I'm trying to put it away because the moment I say this, your minds are going to go to work and try to figure out who it is. I was doing a phone counseling with someone way over in the other part of the world, about 40 years old or so, and it happened to be a man, a male. And I get on the phone with this male, and right away I can sense that something's going on. I'm just like, what's wrong? Are you mad about something? Yeah. I'm mad because somebody asked me to do something. I'm like, 
First of all, it's so female for a man to act that way. So you guys in this room and out there in, in uh, TV land, the next time you get mad and act like that, just know you're a woman. <laughs> really, you're a female. Just put on a dress and go sit down. <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than men acting that way. I had a, all these stories are true. I had a guy call me up yesterday when I was driving down to Orange County, and they said, ah, I'm unhappy with my life. And I said, oh, I can sense that you're unhappy with your life. Oh, yeah, how can you sense it? I said, well, you act like a female. Tell me about it. The way you present it. I'm unhappy about my life. Does that sound like a woman? Yeah. <laughs> Men don't act that way. Fake it. You can say, hey, I'm dealing with some stuff I don't like. Present it in a fake way until you can get there. <laughs> <laughs> and don't ever let your wife see you do it. And a lot of men do it, not just one or two. Most men react to life like that now. Most of them do. That I run into. I'm like, well, I can tell you unhappy. What are you unhappy about? I hate my wife. I'm like, well, real men don't hate their wives. Real men think of their wives in a way that they want to help them overcome it. You have the wrong relationship with your wife. That's why you hate your wife. If your wife wasn't your God, you wouldn't hate your wife. You would love your wife because you would understand that you're supposed to help her overcome. And it's going to take 50 years, so get ready. <laughs> and they said, I knew you were going to say that. But they felt better. But they need to use their own God's consciousness within them so that they never come down to the female level. Level, That makes sense? Yes. So stop whining about your problem, man. All is well. Don't ever whine about your problems. Stephanie, do your husband ever whine about his problems? <laughs> he doesn't, huh? Sometimes you want him to whine, right? No. <laughs> you don't. No. Good for you. Most women want men to whine about them because it gives them a sense of power. Isn't it right, Sheree? No. Not for no. me. I'm sorry? Not for me. Yeah. Any other questions about that? You have to be right about it. <coughs> he gave you the perfect answer. Did you, did you understand what he said? Oh, yeah. It made sense. I sort of knew the answer already, but I want to make sure, yeah. you know, that this is one of the, the steps you go through to be born again. Right. I told you guys over and over again the story that I went through when I was co-host on a radio show. You know, with someone who had, I mean, just, you know, strong power, not afraid of anyone. And you to just wipe me out. <laughs> I used to go home and just, really, I could barely make it in the door. And just fall out on the couch. And I would say, you know what, Lord? Whatever this is about, give me the strength to go through it. You know, let your will be done. And it looked like as soon as I fell out, the next day came and I was back there doing the show again. The day was going by. And I just endured it. I didn't complain about it. It was hard, though. And I had to endure it. And finally, I was free. I didn't, it wasn't their problem that I was weak in nature like that. I didn't whip and whine about it. No one ever knew. I tried to tell a couple friends about it, but I was scared to tell them because they were kind of weak. And so, but I endured it. 
And it was, you, you, have you ever had something just hit you and just hurt all in the stomach and you don't want to eat or anything? You just want to be left alone and you want to just lay out, right, and play sitting by the dock of the bay. <laughs> it was that kind of pain. But finally, it was God. I stayed with my prayer. I faced the fire. I didn't complain about phases. No one had told me not to do that. No one said to me, don't complain, Jesse. Don't blame someone. I just knew within myself. I think because I was meditating, I just knew I had to go through this. This would put up on me to get better in life. And so everything that's put up on you is to make you better in life. But if you get mad, you lose that moment. And Doug is right. If you could just take that pain in that moment and cry out to God to help you, he shall save you. And, and it may come again. You may think, wow, I'm free because I made it through this moment. And then the next moment, you may not deal with that moment right, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just another opportunity. The devil say, oh, I thought you were saved from that last moment. Pay that no mind. Endure this next moment. And after a while, you're a free person. That makes sense? But you got to stop taking it personal. Yes, ma'am. I think it elevates. Guys are going to get stronger, like they're controlled by sex. Yes. And they can't help themselves, I know. Right. But it seems like that's the only way they're going to get um, stronger. Because I have friends, they know they can control their husband because of sex. Yes. And, they, and the husband thinks they're, you know, ruling over and setting limits and stuff. And, Telling their wives what to do, but they, the wives already know that they're going to get what they want anyway. That's right. Absolutely. That's why I tell men, when you get married and you make your babies, cut out sex. You don't need it anymore. What do you need it for? <laughs> for what? It don't give light. It takes your energy away anyway. What do you need it for? Once you have a baby, you have four or five kids. And then when I tell them that, they're like, you just don't understand. You're just saying that because you're not married. And then the wife, then it does. See, he's a witness. <laughs> and the wife, because she loved controlling the man with that, she started accusing him of being gay or cheating, anything to pull it back in. You know, you don't love me like sex is love. Sex is not love, especially to a man. Not even to a woman either. Sex is control to a woman. They it's, tell me that. It's they not love. They know they control it. <laughs> yeah, and they know that. You got to endure. This year we are enduring. So let me ask this question. Anybody have a question for me before I ask? Yes, sir. Just one thing, thing I want to let you know. <clears throat> before uh, before the broadcast, you asked me, and you tried to define uh, Asked me, uh, define me what uh, what my ideal success is, and while I was thinking about, it, I realized perhaps that may be the big pro- problem we all, we as men have. We are tempted or subjugated uh, to somebody or something's ideal of success is. Yes. And when we fail, uh, fail we uh, we said forget and get it's not worth it. I re- uh, do whatever you want with me. We give up. Uh, we give up too easily when we uh, about um, when we fail to attain what our. De- That's a very good point. When you create this idea of success in your life and you start going for it, you almost do anything to get it. 
because you have created this false illusion in your own mind what success is. But if you just live your life on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, seeking first the kingdom of God, it's going to work out anyway, and the success is greater than what you can even imagine. I think success is really coming back home to the Father. When you could really return to God, that's success, I, I, if I want to find the word success. Because everything else is going to be added unto you anyway. But once you are born again, you never think of, I never think about success because I'm so completed within. You know, I have peace, I have joy, I have no worries, I have no doubts, I have no emptiness, I have no um, fear, I, I'm not trying to make someone like me, and I don't care if they, if, you know, I'm not trying to make myself like them. I'm just living my life having a great life. Many challenges, but my life is great. So I don't think about success, and so I'm not stressed out trying to get it. I appreciate I have a roof over my head, my bills are paid every month, so forth. You know, I don't have to worry about anything, so I feel fine, I'm fine. The people who worry about success are still empty and separated from God, and they think success is going to fulfill that emptiness. Like the woman that had those eight babies, she said that she was empty. She had a void within herself, and she figured that children would fulfill that void. So now she has six plus eight. They can't even pay for them. But people who are into becoming successful are separated from God. And something is missing, and so they come up with this nice word called success. Go for it. And there are folks out there taking your money, experts who are trying to teach you how to become <laughs> successful, taking your money. <laughs> and they are the only ones that are becoming successful because the seminar costs $2,000 to go to. And then you walk away with all these materials, books and stuff like that. You read it for a week and it is in the trash and you waited for another seminar. Isn't that true? That is so crazy, but that's how folks live. And they're on TV being the expert with your money. And you're still trying to become successful. It's time to wake up. It is absolutely time to wake up. Did I see your hand? Yes, sir. If you, don't, if you don't become spiritually successful before you become materially successful, it, it, it will destroy you. Yeah. Uh, the athletes, the, the, the movie stars, um, people who've gotten quick wealth, way out of proportion really to any life skills you know like at least a businessman has more or less more life skills yeah so when he gets rich he's more able to handle it um but these other people without life skills uh, the people win the lottery and stuff they just they have they no character yeah. to equal that money and if fame you, if you don't if you feel like you're not successful i would seek out the god first because the only way you could feel unsuccessful is because you're empty. Something's missing. And what's missing is your connection to truth, to God. And that's what's missing. Whenever you feel that stuff, it's not about what you have or don't have. It's never about that. It's about your relationship with truth. You're not connected to the light. When you feel lonely, when you feel sad, when you feel poor, when you feel rich, when you feel like you need more, you don't have enough, when you feel angry, when you feel doubt, when you feel fear, when you feel whatever you feel, angry at your fellow man, you're disconnected from God. 
That's what that's all about. Because once you're connected to him, you cannot feel those things. You cannot feel any of those things at all. Isn't that amazing? It is every day, all day, all the time. It doesn't come and go. So let me ask. Yes, sir. You know, um, I, I, I realize um, recently that it's not so much the thoughts that come to me that, um, that, that um, are such a danger. It is these conclusions, thoughts in the form of conclusions that come to me. You know, um, like, like I'll, I'll, I'll see, you know, two and two will be put together in, in my mind and over whatever matter it is I'm thinking about, and I'll run with that. Yeah. And that's a, that is really what has been, uh, you know, causing me to, to, to misfire, fail, uh, misjudge. <laughs> Look like he escaped from prison or something running. <laughs> Kid on the run. <laughs> and all the adults are chasing him. What let me ask this question. Did you finish your point? Yeah, yeah, that, that um that there's another there's a level of thought that um I was just giving into all the time and didn't realize it and looking at just, you know, the thoughts that talk to you like in English, but there's there's other thoughts that are like rapid conclusions, you know, yeah. that the mind makes or gives to you that, that, are, that are like a flash and, and, and it'll, it's the stuff that causes you to hurry, you know, when you think you're late, you know, and your heart starts to race and stuff. Yeah. It's a conclusion that's already been, that, that's given to you. And that's what happens when you become angry, right away your thoughts start talking to you about what's happening, and you forget to be still and endure, because now it has you blaming others for it, you want to take action, you don't realize you're giving those thoughts life. Uh, you're giving the devil life to control your mind. But if you could just, and he saw it sounded just like you. So it sounded like, yeah, this person making me angry. It's their fault. You know, you forget that it's you. That's why you need to become aware of these thoughts so you know that there's nothing true about them and that they're not your thought. And anger feeds them. Give it life when you judge yourself and others. You really need to wake up to that reality. But let me ask because of time here. This year we're talking about endurance, overcoming, enduring. I need to know what do you need to endure? Because if you don't know you need to endure, and if you don't see you need to endure, you're not going to get better. You understand now what endurance is, right? And how to do it. From what Doug just said. You guys got that? Okay. Yes, what do you need to endure? You need to give up. Not you, I mean you. Me, myself? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, still just hanging around in your life. Uh, oh, okay, good question. Wow, no, that's a tougher one than I thought. Yeah. I don't have a fast answer. You don't um, have a fast um, fu Fundamentally, uh, right now, it would be judgment. You need to stop judging. Myself. One of the things that takes energy away from me is judging myself. Yeah. <coughs> and one of the other things that, that I notice is that I judge others. You talked about success. A lot of success is just putting yourself in the position that you can judge somebody. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You can feel successful, so you can say, because I have the best martini with the best steak, I'm the best person. Yeah. <laughs> and what are you doing? You're, you're, you're making yourself fat and drinking poison. So, and then the person that don't have it, they're looking at you drinking the martini thinking that they have nothing because they can't do it. 
So they're judging themselves too, trying to get to where yeah. you are, thinking that they're going to be happy. So, have, so judgment is one of my biggest things I need to give up. So you judge yourself in what way that you well that you are good because you're wealthy, or that you need more? When I'm when I'm doing well, I judge myself as as being more discriminating, having better friends. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Um, and when I'm not. When I'm threatened financially, then I've messed up. I've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, and if I, if I were to be honest about that, some of the some of the the happiest moments I've ever had is when I had the least. Yes. And you know some of them. Yeah. You, you laugh. You laugh from deep inside when you laugh. So those are the kind of things that I'm. You know. So when that pain comes, it's hard to just take it and overcome it. You know, it's funny, um, sometimes it doesn't even feel like pain. Um, judgment feels like, like, uh, judgment feels good. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it hurts. Um, but the need to endure will show you that it is painful. And you realize that that nature inside of you is not natural for a man, right? You know exactly how women feel. To be successful, you mean? When yeah, you're women to feel good to judge. You said judgment feel good. Yeah, yeah. They can judge you That's in the morning. They can get up at 6 o'clock, look at you laying up and sleeping, <laughs> and judge you, make breakfast for you, clean the kids, get them ready for school, curse you out, go to work, come back and repeat it, and go to bed and sleep like a baby. But men can't live that way. They're not happy living that way. Right. Because that's not your natural you, nature. You notice, you notice there's something wrong with it, but it doesn't feel weird yet. Yeah, it's and, all woman. And only, only by enduring, only by letting things... By, you can't endure... If you, if you run a long race, you can't carry baggage with you. Yeah. If you, if you have right. to endure, the beauty and purity of endurance is that you let go of the things that keep you from enduring. you got to... I would recommend you get to a point, you need to get to a point where you can be feeling that pain and talking to your fellow man and they never know you're feeling it. It has to be some, become so personal between you and God that the person looking at you don't even know you're going through it. There are that's times, what God can help you. Yeah, there are times when I can do that, but it's not always. I mean, yeah. there are times when I... If you can ever do that, you can be fine. You'll be safe. In, in my job, when I do that, I, I had a situation this week. Everybody was completely going out of their minds. I mean, swearing, crying. There was a big mistake made. There was, there was a, a vast mistake made in my company. And everybody was worried. And I just said, no, I'm not going to do this. I had watched Gran Torino, you know, Time to Be Cool. <laughs> and there it was. Yeah, when all else failed, fall back on Gran Torino. That's right. That's right. You got to be quiet. That's right. What do you need to uh, endure, James? Um, I tend to be scared of speaking up. Yeah. And I get frustrated that. Uh, Speak up so they can hear. They can't hear you now. <laughs> and I get scared that when I don't speak up, I'm wasting my life away, and I get frustrated about that. Yeah. And uh, I think. I, this week, I want you to practice speaking up and, and let your shyness stay within you. Because see, you, you see it and feel it inside of your body, and your mind tells you that they see it too, so you start acting it out because you think that they see it. But if you can understand that, keep it within yourself, and just say what you got to say, 
God will come and take it away from you. They don't know it unless you express it. Like when somebody is angry, the only way that you know that person is angry, they're going to act like it. They're going to act it out. But if you could just be angry and not take it out on your fellow man, keep quiet about it, and treat the person the way you would like to be treated, God will save you from it. That way, the outer source is not saving you from it. You know, people hating you or you hating others or blaming will not save you. God will save you from it. Does that make sense? Sort of. There were, when I first started public speaking, there were times when I felt embarrassed and shy and nervous, but they didn't know it because I knew to keep it within myself and just trust God, and it worked out. But when you show it, then you're going to be saved by somebody else. Oh, poor baby. Come here, baby. You know how the women do that? They like pat you on the back. Come here, baby. Oh, he a shy little thing. You feel better right then and then. But just keep it and then practice facing it, and you'll get better. All right. When people ask me, how are you doing, Jesse? I always say, all is well, don't I? Yeah. Anybody, I all, I've been saying it for 20 years, all is well. And all is well, but that doesn't mean things are not happening. I have a great child, but what is perfectly whining to you about it? You can't do anything about it. Yeah. What is perfectly cowing down about it? That's not going to help me. I trust God, and he will take care of me, and he does. Be still and know the truth. I never thought of that as being like an acting shy as an escape. I'm sorry? I never thought of acting shy as being an, an escape. It is. Saving yourself. Acting shy is an escape too. That's why you act it out because you, you may not even be aware of it but you're reaching out for help. They're not going to be so hard on me if I'm shy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you just speak up and, and let yourself feel it on the inside and don't do anything about it, he will save you. You'll cry out to God. you got to take control like that. you got to stop reaching out to the world. But that's what Ashton Shah is all about. And that when they see it, some people that are so mean, they will wipe you out when they see that you're shy. So you may get the wrong kind of help. What do you need to endure? I don't know. I've been dealing with that for a couple of weeks. Um, what I need to do, I read the, the scripture over and over, uh, Hebrews 12, keep reading that, and, and asking the Lord, show me what I need to endure. Mm-hmm. And I, I try each day to see what it is that I need to go through. So do you do the prayer and meditation? Yeah, stay with that. You'll see. You know, someone told me the other day that uh, in the Hebrew Bible, uh, Prayer means to know thyself, to examine thyself, and that is so true. When you sit still, you become acquainted with yourself, and you see how you don't have control, how out of control you are, there's nothing you can do about it. You see how evil you are, and you start to overcome it. It starts to correct you. But that's what prayer is about, examining thyself, knowing thyself. Most people don't know themselves, and that's what the problem is. They're just floating in the wind. They're knocked down by everything that comes by but you got to endure. Know thyself. All right? Any questions? John, you have a tan? Well, I was skiing yesterday, and I forgot my sun lotion at home. Wow, it looked like somebody set me on fire. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's so red, look like, I'm like, wow, maybe I should lay hands on him. <laughs> Does it hurt? Uh, a little bit, yeah. 
They they didn't they weren't selling them. What, well, what did you need? You know, I mean, not only did I forget, but it was stupid. Okay, instead <laughs> going to get it and put it in my face, <laughs> I didn't. I'm in a red face. <laughs> wow. That's what I mean by red devil. Look like you're about to touch your face, my hand, and catch fire. That's how red you are. Yeah, I know. I look myself in the mirror. I don't know why black people are trying to be white. It's better to be black because if we were black, you wouldn't see it like that, right? That's right. It wouldn't affect you. So why do you keep trying to be white? Listen. I know. I know. Oh, you stop. No, I never, never stop. You want this. No, I'm there, Ozzy. Ozzy said, I try to be white. I'm there. I'm not trying anymore. I have arrived. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. I was asked, why don't we do the, uh, the every first Sunday or so, do the, uh, what do you call that? Music. What? Communion. Communion. And the reason I don't, because God said that, or Christ said that when we drink and eat, eat and drink, we should do it in remembrance of him. And he doesn't mean just at a Sunday morning service once a month. He means every time we eat and drink. And so I want to encourage you to do it whenever you sit down for a meal or have a snack. I want you to set your mind on Christ and see how long it can last. And see how you'll be seduced from him the moment you take that first bite. You know, I have, I have friends who, when they sit down, they pray over their food first. And that's fine. I'm not knocking that at all. But the moment they take that bite, they forget about into conversation, into that food, they forget about Christ. So when you eat and drink, you should think of him during the meal. Instead of setting your mind being seduced by the food. So that's why it's, it's more of a ritual thing when you just do it. You know, you look forward to next first Sunday to do it where you're being seduced by your food every day. Every time you take a bite. So this week, I want you to try to keep your mind set on Christ while you eat a full meal. Will you try that for me? Sure. Let me know how it works. Don't forget, because you've got to forget to do it. Okay. Let me know how it works out. All right. But that's why we don't do it. God wants us to become spiritual and he wants us to live the life. He said we don't have to be going through these different things anymore. He wants us to become Christ-like, to become the light of the world. And that's why, where I'm trying to get people to. But uh, I don't knock it if people do it. But, and most of the people who are drinking and eating on Sunday, the first Sunday, are all sinners anyway. They, as soon as they take that last drink, they're cussing you out on the way out to church. It's best to be born again and live right. All right? Any questions about endurance? Ozzy, what do you need to endure? See how one minute. What do, you mean, what do you need to endure? You need to just take it and overcome it. Your husband is laughing as though he patient. already knows. Patient. I think patient. Patient is critical to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, when that impatient feeling rises up in you, don't do anything. Just take it and see that you don't have it. Don't Just take it and it'll be gone. Then you have patience. But, you know, you got to do it. Yes, sir. Three minutes. Okay. Just, uh, what I realized last week is uh, endurance causes you to become humble. It will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, of course. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I want you guys to think about this this week. What do you need to endure? You got to, this year, you got to endure and stop reacting. Stop getting mad and taking it out on folks. Because if they're bringing up this anger inside of you, it needs to be brought up. If it wasn't in you, then they couldn't bring it up. Mm-hmm. 
They can't bring up something that's not there. So it's not their fault that they can bring anger up inside of you. So be grateful that they brought it up. Endure it, quietly endure it, so you can overcome it. How about you? What do you need to endure? Which Al, right? Alfred, yeah. Yeah, what do you need to endure? Um, let me see. That's something you need to overcome. And keep coming back, but you won't overcome it. I'm not certain. I, I'm, I've gotten a lot of good insights this last week. And uh, I think just, um, I, I really don't know. Not right now. I, okay. I can't think of it. Well, you, I want you guys this week to really, really examine that. Because it, these things are going to come up on you, whatever it is you have not overcome. And this week, pay attention to yourself so that you can overcome it. Be quiet and let God take care of it for you. Don't reach out to anything else. Stay in the moment. Don't look to the future. Don't look to the past. Stay in the now so that you can be born again. All right? And I want to invite you to get a copy of my Be Still and No Prayer CD. Uh, it's called Be Still and Know and Give it a try. God said when you pray, be quiet and allow the truth to catch up with you. Know the truth. You can also, uh, if you need counseling or um, we have books and things on the website there, go to uh, bond, bondinfo.org. Bondinfo.org. You can also call our order line at 800-411-BOND. 1-800-411-2663. And let us hear from you. If you have questions or comments about anything that you've heard today, uh, email me at church at bondinfo.org and I'll answer the questions for you the following Sunday. All right? But make sure you pray. Be still. Yes, ma'am. What should we be doing about the government thing? What should the people be doing? What should, the government, what should we be doing about the government thing? Yeah. Call your representatives, email them, get involved, protest, make noise. Not vote for them. And they'll stop. They'll cut it out. But we got to protect the family, the order of God. I appreciate you guys being here, and I appreciate you, but you got to calm down. Overreacting, getting mad, worrying is not the way. God wants his children to have perfect peace, and you can get it when you get to know him. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you guys for being here. Thank you.